Amen. The Lord's in the house. Good to be back under the tent tonight. Good to be ministering the Word of God, and uh, I hope it's a blessing to you. Brother Scott said that I do apologize sometimes. I, the Lord, uh, you know, again, I said this the other day that, uh, you know, I, I've preached different messages in different ways, but, you know, sometimes the Lord just has a way of slowing us down and, and reading more Scripture and, and examining the Word. And, uh, you know, I'm getting to the place in my ministry in my life now where I don't apologize for that because if it wasn't for the Word of God, amen, where would any of us be? It is the power of God and the salvation to him that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. You know, we need to, we need to have reverence uh, for the Word of God. Got a message here tonight. Uh, I'm a little bit excited to preach it. I didn't uh, get to finish the studying for it, but I know the Lord's faithful, and uh, he's going he's gonna to bring it through. But I'm kind of excited about this message, and uh, I, I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Now, I, I intend to challenge you a little bit tonight. Those that are watching online, I tend to, uh, to challenge your thinking, if, uh, if I can say it that way. Maybe challenge your theology just a little bit. You know, we look around and we see the shape that the world is in. We see the shape that the church is in. And uh, like Brother Scott said, is there any wonder... While we're in this shape, amen, when we look at the church. And um, so I'm just, uh, I'm going to quit talking and rambling on. I'm going to get right into it. And I do have a lot of scripture tonight, but I hope it interests you and I hope it draws you as I begin to share uh, scripture uh, with you here tonight. I hope that you take interest in what I'm reading and what I'm sharing with you because this is something that we need to know. We need to have, receive a knowledge of the Word of God, amen, uh, that we may not be. Uh, destroyed, that we may not perish. We need a knowledge of the Word of God. We need a truth uh, to live by. There is such a thing as an absolute truth, uh, and it is the Word of God. So if you've got your Bibles with you this evening, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, brother. Colossians chapter 1. I really want to emphasize on one, one verse in this chapter, but I'm going to read more than that. So here in verse number, verse number 9, Colossians 1, verse number 9, For this cause, don't you know there's a cause? We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glory, glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. Now this is the verse I want to emphasize. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, and all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you tonight for another day, another opportunity. Dear God, we are learning and understanding that we're never to take a day for granted. We know that each day is a gift, an opportunity uh, to be in this world and to be a servant for Christ and to be an ambassador uh, for Christ and just uh, being a light to this world, the salt of the earth. So, Father, again, we know that we've been called to be redeemers of the time. Father, I pray that we would uh, learn and become, be, understand that every day we need to be less about ourselves and more about our Heavenly Father, less about our will and more about your will being done in our lives. 
So, Father, again, I pray, Lord, I stand here and I make confession before you and before men, dear God, that I cannot do what you've called me to do upon my own strength and by my own. So, Father, I, I ask for the Holy Ghost and I ask for the anointing and I thank you for it. And I thank you, dear God, for all that you do in my life. And, Father, we pray that you'd have your way here tonight. Just move within this place and under this tent and, most importantly, within the hearts of the people that's uh, hearing this tonight. Father, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our lack of desire, our lack of study, our lack of knowledge of your word. And, Father, just forgive us where we have gone astray and we've departed in, uh, from your ways and we've got our own, gone our own. But, Father, again, we stand here tonight confessing the sins of our own lives and we confess the sins of, the, of this nation. Father, we pray, dear God, for mercy. We pray for long-suffering. Father, we thank you and we praise you for you are worthy of our praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we do ask it all. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take my time and preach a little bit here tonight. I want us to see here that Paul was in uh, this region preaching to the church at Coloss in Colossae. He begins to receive word that uh, the church there, those, uh, those individuals, those, those converts, if you will, is the word I'm looking for. They begin to receive Christ and... But much more than that, they begin to grow in their faith. And Brother Willie, that's, that's the goal. That's the challenge that we all must have. We must grow in our faith. We must grow in the knowledge and in understanding of the Lord that we serve. I've been on mentioning that quite often. But here we see the Bible says that they had a desire, that Paul had a desire to not cease to pray for them daily. Amen. But they had a desire that they might be filled with the knowledge of His will. We need to understand what the will of God is in for our lives. And we can know what the will of God is, amen, by the written word. If I challenge you here tonight to get into the written word and to read and to study and to pray and to meditate with God, amen, and you'll begin to get an understanding of what God requires from His people. Amen. You'll begin to understand, amen, some attributes of God and just who He is and begin to know God's heart. Amen. When you begin to realize and begin to come into relationship and fellowship with God through His Word, and you begin to realize who He is, and you begin to realize His heart, amen, you'll want to be pleasing unto Him. And this is what the Bible's talking about here tonight. He, there is a desire, and there is a, a possibility. It's not impossible to, to be filled with knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Remember, the carnal man cannot understand the spiritual things of God, amen, because he is carnal and not spiritual. But we have been filled with the Spirit of God that God may, be, may reveal those things to us. So we're left with that excuse. We're left with that excuse. Amen. You know, the Bible says when Jesus began to say these words, he said that if your heavenly father, if your earthly father, I'm sorry, if your earthly father being evil, in other words, in comparison to God, know how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will your heavenly father, amen, give those that ask? And he's talking about the Holy Ghost. He's talking, the man says, if any of you lack wisdom, amen, let him ask of God who, who, who giveth, uh, uh, un, he doesn't, he's not a respecter of persons. And so here we see that we need this knowledge of the will of God. And we need this wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why is that? Look in verse number 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Listen, you're not going to walk pleasing unto the Lord if you don't understand who He is. If you don't understand, amen, what He requires of His people. Amen, there's a way that God had. Listen, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the, but the end thereof is death. That is what the Bible says. If you go your own way, you're going to be, you're going to be led into death and destruction and hell. That is a reality tonight. You know, mankind can mock the Word of God. They can mock the Gospel. They can mock the church. They can mock Jesus. They can do all they want to, amen. But there is a reality, reality out there, amen, uh, that there is a heaven and a hell. And the Bible says that we need this understanding of what the will of God is, that we may walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Powerful verses right here tonight. You need to have a hunger. I hope you have a hunger, especially by the end of this service tonight, that you've got a hunger and a desire, amen, to have a greater understanding and a knowledge of the Word of God. And the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
Amen. The knowledge that we're talking about here tonight comes from God and the fear of the Lord, the reverence, all and the fear of God, knowing that there is a God, that He is, He does exist. He is real. Amen. His love is real, but His judgment is also real. You see, and today we look around and we see that so much of this nation, this world, and even so much, sadly, but so much of the church, amen, are only looking at things from one side of the coin, amen. They're only focusing on, on just a few attributes of God, amen. We don't, we don't understand that, that He is a righteous judge. And all we, want to, all we hear is when we try to minister to the Word of God is don't judge me, but you need to understand that there is a God, amen, that is a righteous judge, amen. And you'll be standing guilty before God. God, one day, amen, when you give your account before Jesus Christ of everything done on this earth, both good and bad, and you will receive judgment from a righteous God. The Bible says, I'm just going to read this again because it's too good not to. Let's look here in verse number, number 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, in other words, has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. I spoke of the inheritance the other night. Amen. And God said that it's not my doing, but it's His doing, that He has qualified me. How has He qualified me? How has He qualified you to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light? Listen, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to understand here that if you're not saved tonight, amen, you're still under the power of darkness in this world. Amen. And the God of this world, which is Satan, is your God here tonight. The Bible says that those that put their faith in Christ, amen, the Bible says that we've been delivered from that power of darkness. We've been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. And whom, how, how is this happening, amen? How are we made qualified? How are we qualified to be a partaker of the inheritance, amen, of the saints in the light? Well, here it is, in whom we have redemption, amen, I love that song she sang, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So what your redemption means, amen, is that God has forgiven you of your sin. That when you stand before a righteous judge, amen, that you won't be standing there guilty, but you'll be standing there righteous, justified. Here's the thing. You can't justify your sins. Only Christ can. You can't justify your sins, but yet we see so many people in this world today trying to give you a hundred different reasons and explanations, in other words, trying to justify why it's okay to go ahead and continue uh, to live in sin. And many of them are still in the church. But you see, Jesus Christ is the only one that can justify you because He is the only one, amen, whose blood was worthy to be shed on the cross of Calvary Amen. For the forgiveness of sins, for the remission of sins. Where, where there is no remission of sins, there is no forgiveness. Amen. Uh, when there's no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Let me get that right. Amen. But we need to see here what Christ has done for us. He is, the Bible says, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now let me show you what that means. That means the in first in rank over every creature. Amen. All authority has been given unto me, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28. Amen. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Amen. He is the one in authority. Amen. It doesn't get any higher than that. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says here that because of this, he is in first rank over every creature. For by him were all things created. He had hand in it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And, and the Word was God. Amen. And nothing that was made by him. Listen, nothing that was made was made without him is what the Bible says. He says that there are uh, that are in heaven or that are in the earth, those things that are invisible or uh, visible, whether they be thrones. Now listen, we need to understand all things are created, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities and powers. Now wait a minute, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. Spiritual darkness of this world. We need to understand that Jesus Christ, amen, He is the head of all principalities and powers here tonight. I want to remind you when Jesus began to step His foot on the seas of Gadara, amen, and He began to met, meet that man that was filled with the legions of devils. And the Bible says that, uh, that this man was in great 
great torment and great distress and he was bound by the power of darkness because of the demons and, and that was in this man and when Jesus began to step on the shores of Gadara and began to stand before that man that was filled with the legions of devils amen the Bible says that the demons began to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ and they realized that he was even their Lord amen he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord amen and it doesn't matter if it's flesh and blood it don't matter if it's principalities it don't matter if it's uh, 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 powers the things that are spiritual amen all things were created by him and for him so that brings me to this tonight amen I love that all things were created by him and all things were created for him I want to focus on that here tonight. Amen. We need to see here this, this evening that all things were created for him, even Satan. Amen. He is the head. He is the authority over all things, all principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, visible, invisible, and all those. And he is before all things. And by him, or in other words, in him all things consist. It is because of the grace of God that you and I are here right now that we don't just take our last breath and beat our last heartbeat and fall over dead and go back to the earth where we came. Amen. It is the grace of God. Amen. And it is by Him that all things consist. He could call it not at any moment if He so choose. Even the principalities and the powers. Because he is God. There is one God, amen, one mediator between man and God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to understand that he has created all things. Now, I'm building up to a point here tonight. And I want us to know, amen, that if we are the body of Christ and he is the head of Christ, and I'm explaining to you who the head is, amen, but not just who he is, amen, but what he is. He is the almighty, amen. He is the authority, amen. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are his body. We are the church, amen. So we ought to be victorious in this life. We ought to be able to walk and, and, and not fear. We ought to be able to take down our giants, amen. We ought to be able to do anything that God calls us to do and I'm here to tell you today that God does want to bless his church he does want to bless his children amen if your earthly father being evil in comparison to God know how to give good gifts to their children how much more amen does your father which is in heaven would be willing to give his amen but I believe somewhere along the line we've we've gotten astray Amen. And somewhere along the line, I'm preaching myself here tonight. I'm not trying to preach down my nose, but you know, I just I'm convicted tonight, and I feel the Lord, I feel the presence of the Lord on me tonight, and I believe that we just give we give Satan too much credit. If what I read to you tonight, and I'm going to read a lot more, if what I'm reading to you tonight is true, why are we blaming every little thing on Satan? Because we got a part to play in this. We serve the one that is the head of the church. Now, I preached the other night that we're going to go through things. We are. Amen. Jesus himself said, In this light, in this world, you'll have tribulation. But to be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Praise be to God. We're in him. So we're going to go through some things, but he's not left us nor forsaken us. So we're in him. Amen. It's going to be all right. We're going to go through some things. But why are, we, why are we not going through them successfully as the body of Christ? Why are we seeing so many fall by the wayside? Why are we seeing not only the world but the church in the shape that it's in? Amen. It's because we don't have a knowledge of God. I'm going to show you that here in just a moment. Wow. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. You know what that means? That means that we make him priority number one. Priority number one. We make God number one in our lives. He demands it. He demands it. Matter of fact, it's, it's, it's one of the first. Amen. You'll have no other gods before me. You say, well, I, I'm not serving other gods, but I'm here to tell you, amen, that's because there are no other gods. Amen. What you're serving is idols. Amen, and there's plenty of idols in this world. Amen, there's plenty of idols in this day and age in which we live here today. Amen, whether it be your phone, your Facebook, your job, your relationships outside of Christ, whatever it is, there's plenty of idols that we serve. We spend more time in worshiping idols than we do the God of heaven. 
He needs preeminence. In other words, what he says goes. That's what we're building up to tonight. What he says goes. If he gets preeminence in my life, then that means I don't try to trump him. Amen? I submit myself to him. And yet, we see us getting away from the truth and my only explanation is that it's, a, it's due to ignorance of God's Word and who He is. Or it's just flat-out rebellion, one or the other. And what, we, what we're told here, and I believe it's, uh, what is it, Proverbs 20, no, Psalms 29, verse number 1, He that is often reproved, in other words, corrected, he that is often reproved, uh, stiffen his neck. In other words, if he continues to rebel against correction, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. I'm I'm here tonight, I believe, for for a wake-up call. Amen? Uh, To let this church know, amen, that he that continues to harden their neck against God shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. He is a God of judgment just as much as He is a God of love and salvation. Let's, uh, let's look at a few things here. I didn't get to finish, again, all my preparations, but it'll be all right. I want to... Uh, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture tonight. Bear with me just a moment. A couple places I want to turn to. Number one is uh, James 4, 7. The Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You know, the Lord, I, and I shared this with you all there uh, the other night. Submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. How, how many knows that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6, he said that you cannot serve two masters? Amen. So listen, what we need to understand here, you're either serving Satan or you're serving Christ. Amen? So here's a picture I want you to get. Amen? Submit yourself therefore unto God. So then you're turning away from Satan and you're facing God. Amen? You're you're, you're facing God. You're submitting yourself to God. You're submitting yourself to His Word. Amen? And, And by doing that, the enemy knows that he has been rendered powerless... Because you have submitted yourself to God, amen, and He is the head of all principalities and powers. Are you following me tonight? Amen. So when you submit yourself, therefore, unto God, amen, you are resisting the devil. The enemy knows he has no chance, and he leaves. We need to understand this tonight. There's a way that we fight our battles. It's not flesh and blood. Amen? It's not. The Bible, says in, the Bible says this in Ephesians 4, 27, neither give place, in other words, an opportunity to the devil. Do you know that the Bible tells you that you, yes, you as a Christian, he's preaching to the church at Ephesus, that you can give an opportunity to the devil. And I believe because of, a, 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 because of the ignorance that we have in the body of Christ, amen, that too many of us, amen, are not submitting ourselves before the Lord, amen, and we're given the enemy an opportunity. That's what the Bible says. Neither give place or an opportunity to the devil. So how do we do that? Well, we do that, number one, by departing from the commandments of God, by the, by the statutes, by the principles, amen, by the Word of God. When we begin to live our lives contrary to the will and the Word, and you can't separate those two, amen, the, the will of God is, is going to be found in the Word of God. The Word of God is not going to go against the will of God, amen. And when you begin to separate yourself from the Word of God and the will of God, you give an opportunity to the devil to come in and to steal, kill, and to destroy, And we're seeing it all over this nation. We're seeing it in the churches. Amen. And we need to understand. And listen, we're trying. And I know I'm going to get a little bit uh, rough here tonight. I don't mean to. But what we see from the church, instead of repentance and turning back to God that we may resist the devil, we're trying to uh, uh, name it and claim it. We're trying to decree this and declare that. Amen. And still living in our sins, not submitting to the Lord, but we're trying to 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 take authority over all principalities and powers, but yet you were not under the covering and the authority of the Word of God. And God's sitting there shaking his head saying, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You see, I believe in understanding who I am in Christ and the authority that I have been given through Christ. But if I'm not submitting myself to the authority and the headship of the church, I have no authority. Point blank. 
That's the bare facts, brother. So what we see here is that many people began to open the door and give opportunity to the devil. I want you to turn with me to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. And I want you to see here that God's people, Israel, had been are backslidden. They have turned away from the things of God, from the will of God, and from the word of God. And they have gone their own way. I want to just share just a few verses here with you, and then we'll move to another place. Hear the word of the Lord in Hosea chapter 4. Ye children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy. In other words, they have a charge against you. They have a charge. The Lord has a charge against the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. You see, when you lose focus of God and you don't have an understanding of who He is, you have nowhere to go. You have nowhere to base your truth on. There is an absolute truth today. You don't get to make up what you think is true. Amen. And you don't get to make up that truth. Amen. There is an absolute truth. Outside of that, you're just either a delusional, you're insane, or you're a liar. Because there is an absolute truth. The Bible says, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood toucheth blood. Does that not remind us of the world and the nation that we live in here today? We don't have a lack of knowledge. Hey, we're gone and thus saith the Lord. We're gone and all we've got the temple. We're gone and all we've got the Ark of the Covenant. We're gone and all I'm just a child of God, but yet we don't have a knowledge of the one we serve. Yet we're still out there living in sin. Amen. And God's getting ready to bring down judgment upon his people because of the rebellion. And we're trying to rebuke the judgment of God. Not going to work. Not going to work. The Bible says, Therefore shall the land mourn. Is that what it's going to take? Is that what it's going to take in America? to get our eyes opened up and to get us to turn back to God? Is this land going to have to mourn? Is God going to have to bring pestilence? Is God going to have to bring disease? Is God going to have to bring earthquakes and all those things? Well, the Bible says he's going to. That's what the Bible says, amen. And the Bible says because of their wicked ways and their backslidden ways, amen, that the land is going to mourn. And as I look around, as Brother Scott has been up here some 40-some days, and I look around, I believe that that's exactly what's coming. I know the, I know the theme of this service, amen, is, is 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, amen, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. I know what the theme of this, of this series of, uh, of services are. I know what we want here. But I believe it's like Ezekiel chapter 16 when God said, I sought for a man, but I found none. Amen. Are we living in the days, amen, where God is seeking for a man, but will he find any, amen? He said, when I return to the earth, will I find faith? So therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish. Languish. In other words, waste away. You look it up, that's what it means. Waste away. With the beast of the field, with the fowls of heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Do you see it creeping up on us? We're not children of the night, we're children of the day. Amen. That that day should not take us unaware. We ought to be able to, we've got the light of Christ within us. We ought to be able to look around and see that what the Bible is saying is fastly approaching. Amen. And something's got to be done. Yet no man, huh, yet no man contend. That's what strive means. No man strive nor reprove. In other words, you don't correct one another. We're too afraid to correct one another. We'll just go ahead and live in sin. I preached here the other night, amen, that if you don't love somebody enough to tell them the truth, you don't love them. For thy people are as they that strive or contend with the priest. <laughs> you see what the Bible's preaching to you tonight? 
that the people has gotten to the place where we're not correcting one another, but those that they want to stand and fight and contend and try to correct the priest, the man of God, that's trying to bring the word of truth. Therefore shall you fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. Listen. God is love. He's also a consuming fire. I can't, exp- I can't express that enough. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Amen. My desire, as the Apostle Paul began to preach to the church of Colossae, that he had a desire that they would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. My desire here tonight is that you be filled, amen, with a fear, a reverential awe of God and understand that there is a God and He is a righteous judge and He will come one day. Amen. I believe that in His first coming He gave us grace, but in His second coming, can I get an amen? He's bringing judgment. He's bringing judgment. As Noah began to preach for 120 years, of something that they had never seen before. I had no doubt that he was mocked and he was ridiculed and all these things, but he was preaching that judgment is coming. Judgment is inevitable. Inevitable. Judgment's coming. And what we're seeing here is there's nothing new under the sun. As, the, as King Solomon began to, to pen in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, that which has been will be that which shall be. There's nothing new under the sun. What we're seeing is, is the days of old, the nation of Israel, amen, they've gotten such a, in such a place that they begin to be backsliding. And listen to what he says, my people are destroyed for lack of of knowledge that's what i'm preaching here tonight amen why are we seeing the way is it a lack of knowledge is it a lie is it just because of ignorance amen or is it just a rebellion you tell me amen you examine your own life and you tell me are, are you are, is it because of the ignorance is it because of just a, a rebellion what is it tonight my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge i also will reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of your God. Right there it is. He has to have preeminence in our life. His word, amen, trumps all of your opinions. What he says goes. What your flesh wants to declare righteous, don't make it righteous. Amen. And I'm not preaching to ugly to nobody. I'm preaching about the same word I'm preaching applies to myself tonight. You can't justify your sins. You can't say what's right and what's wrong. There is a righteous judge that has already declared that. And the church needs to quit following that which is unrighteous and ungodly. Amen. Because, listen, we're, we're leading people with a lack of knowledge. And the Bible says that not only will they fall, but the prophets will fall with them. The Bible says, as they were increased... So they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. Now wait a minute. God is all peace and love. He's not going to let judgment come to this nation. Well, we'll see. The Bible says they eat up the sin of my people. They set their heart on their iniquity. There shall be like people, like priests, like people, like priest. You think about this. The Bible says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I'm preaching to you tonight. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. In the latter days, the Bible says, men shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You hear me tonight, church. We're here. We're living in the day. And it's only going to get worse. Can I give you some examples here tonight? Turn with me to 2 Kings, 1 Kings, 
1 Kings chapter 22. I know it's a little bit of reading here, but I just want to share this story with you. In this passage, 1 Kings chapter 22, now remember that they're going to gather themselves men having itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. So here we see that in the days of a king called Ahab, we know Ahab quite well, don't we? Married Jezebel. So here we see uh, where we read about a king Ahab. All of a sudden, King Ahab finds himself in a war against Syria. He comes across this man named Jehoshaphat. 1 Kings 22. He comes to this man, Jehoshaphat, the king of Jerusalem. Begins to ask for help. Jehoshaphat gives him this word. He says, you inquire of the Lord. I'm paraphrasing. But he says, if the Lord gives us his blessing. I preached a little bit of that the other night about David always inquiring of the Lord. You see, I, I preached a lot, and I hear a lot of people preaching a lot. I, I preached a lot on our identity in Christ and knowing who we are in Christ. And I'll be honest with you, for a long time I got it wrong. And it wasn't exactly that I was getting it wrong, but I was only preaching one side of it. Here we see, here we see that Ahab is coming to a man, and this man, being a godly man, he begins to say, Listen, before I'll help you. What's mine is yours. Amen. My my weapons of war is your weapons of war. Amen. I'll, I'll do this. I'll be right. I'll be your right hand man. But let us inquire of the Lord first. And if He says yes, then we'll go. He said, "Let us inquire of the Lord." A lot of foolish men would not have done that. They would have went ahead and went on, declaring and decreeing without ever inquiring of the Lord. I'm preaching you the truth. So here we see. Here we see that. They began to fetch the prophets. Amen. They began to fetch the prophets. In verse number 6, it says, Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Now here's the word from the prophets. They said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. How many know today we're instructed to try the spirits? Because not every spirit is of God. Not every, not every word comes from the Lord. Amen. Not every prophet is God's prophet. We're commanded to test, to try the spirits. That's Bible, New Testament to be in, uh, at that. Jehoshaphat evidently began to discern that there was something coming from the 400 prophets that wasn't adding up. How many know that he, he must have gotten a stir within his heart? And all of a sudden, he began to ask Ahab, Is there not another prophet of the Lord whereby we might inquire? Ahab began to say this. He said, Well, he said, I guess there's one. But he said, I hate him because he's always prophesying against me. Well, how many know you're not going to get the favor of God living in sin? You're not going to get the favor and the blessings of God going away from the words, the commandments, and the statutes of God. Amen. We see today a generation of, of the church wanting to go and declaring and decreeing, amen, not going in the ways of God, but yet they're running headlong into battle. They do not have God's blessing, and they're leading many astray. It's time to repent, church. It's time to repent and get on our knees and on our face before God, amen, and seeking what God's will is for His church. Because he is the head. He's the one that's steering this thing. He's the one that's steering this thing. Now you look at what it says here. I didn't make this up. In verse number 8, And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may acquire of the Lord. But I hate him. For he doeth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. 
Listen, I just read it to you, for the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Amen. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. This is what Ahab has done. Amen. He didn't want to hear the truth, so he surrounded himself by those that would teach him lies. Jehoshaphat said, oh, come on now, don't say so. He's going to tell you the truth, surely. He's a man of God. So they went and they began to fetch this prophet of God. Now it's interesting there in the beginning, Micaiah didn't want to, he just told him what he wanted to hear. I don't even think he sought the Lord. He just told him because he knew that he wasn't going to listen anyway. He just told him what he wanted to hear. And, and listen, Ahab said, listen, how many times have I told you to just tell me the truth? So Ahab says, all right. Let's look here around, uh, let's look here around verse number 17. And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills. This is what's coming from God. This is the truth. Church, look at our nation. Look at our nation. Somebody needs to stand up and preach, Thus saith the Lord. We look around here, and listen, the Bible said, this is the word coming from God, and he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. In other words, don't go. Don't go, because I ain't not with you. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you? that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil. They don't want to hear the truth. There's people out there today that just don't want to hear the truth. Now listen to me now. God's got to have preeminence. All things are created by him and for him. Now I'm going to bring something out here. All things are created by him and for him. All principalities, the good and the bad. You hear what I'm saying? The good and the bad. God's not in a competition tonight. God's not in a competition. You might be, but he ain't. Listen, it gets interesting. Remember when I said that we can give the devil an opportunity? Remember when I said we need to submit ourselves therefore unto God? Resist the devil that he may flee? Listen to what he says. Verse number 19. And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. On where? His throne. And all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Now, I want to get into some interesting things here tonight. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to slow down. We're going to look at a few things. Don't have this marked, but Matthew chapter 25. <clears throat> now, I want you to pay attention. When all the host of heaven, and, and Psalms, Psalms 33 verse 6 says this, that all the host of heaven was created by his word. He breathed it into existence just like he did the world's. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse number 31. Jesus says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, these are holy angels, principalities and powers, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, now look here, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. Now look, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left hand. Now I want you to see something tonight. Now I'm not trying to put, inject something into the script that's not there. I try to exegesis teach as much as I can. Amen. Uh, exeger the, 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 the scriptures. But I want you to see here that he begins to set the righteous on his right 
and the unrighteous on his left. All right? Now go back to 1 Kings 22 and verse number 19. Here we see that this prophet of God seen the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Now here's where things get interesting. Verse number 20, The Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Can I tell you what that means? That he may go up and die in battle because he that often is often reproved if he hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. You want to continue to rebel against God, you will be destroyed. He said, when he's standing there before the angelic host, when he's standing there as king of kings and lord of lords, the, the authority over all principalities and powers, those things that are in heaven and those things that are upon the earth, when he stands there upon his throne, he said, Who shall go and persuade Ahab? You didn't think that that would be possible coming from God. Because all you've been taught and all you know and all you teach is his love, and it ain't that that's false. But that ain't all of God. These people are perishing because they have a lack of knowledge of who God is. And there came forth a spirit. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Don't you, don't you keep trying to, to give him an opportunity. Listen, when you begin to get away from the, from the laws and the Word and the will of God, you're opening up doors that you don't want to open. You're bringing on things yourself and then either getting mad at God or trying to rebuke what you opened up and let in your life. You hear me? You opened up the door, let it in your life, and now you're trying to rebuke it out. It don't work that way. Not without Repentance. You, you acknowledge where you have sinned against the Lord. You acknowledge where you have gone your own ways. You acknowledge where you opened the doors to Satan, amen. And you acknowledge it before God, and you confess your sins, and you repent before God, amen. And He will begin to deliver you. But quit trying to open the door and give the devil an opportunity, and then you trying to rebuke what you allow in. And the Lord said in verse 22, The Lord said unto him, Wherewith? In other words, how are you going to do that? Conversation with God and the angels. And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Listen, Satan is a liar and the father of it. If you don't think these are clean and unclean spirits that's taking, that this conversation is taking place at the throne of God, I'll show you another place in just a moment. All things are created by Him and for Him. God is still using Satan, and He's still using the demonic spirits for His will tonight. And He uses them in judgment. This might be over our heads tonight. All things are created by Him and for Him. He's bringing judgment. He says, And He said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all His prophets. And He said, Thou shalt persuade Him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. God has given this spirit a, a, a release, if you will, permission to go and enter into the life of Ahab and be a, be a lying tongue in the mouth of his prophets and begin to teach him and tell him a lie that he may enter into battle that he may fall and die in that battle. And it's all because he stiffened his neck. He was rebellious to the word of God. Go with me to Job chapter 1. You probably knew this was coming. 
Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, very familiar passage. Most of us, we know chapter 1 quite well. I don't know about the rest of the book, but we know chapter 1 quite well, a little bit of chapter 2. This is where we're told that, let me just read a little bit if I could. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect. In other words, that means blameless and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Seems like Job was a pretty righteous man in his days. The Bible says the same thing about Noah as well, that he was a man of righteousness, that he found grace in the eyes of God because God seen his righteousness. That don't mean that he didn't need God for salvation. The Bible says, And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. But how many know here that don't matter how great you are, how much you've been blessed, there's always more that you can learn of God. And I didn't plan on getting into a study of the book of Job here tonight, but I do hope to bring a few things out. We're going to read a little bit more in the first chapter and also chapter 2, but what we begin to learn here is that at the end of this book, as God is beginning to do a work in Job, all these 42 chapters, all these long... Listen, this, it's almost in agony to read through what Job goes through, and everybody's forsaking him and, and all these things, and he's, he's holding his ground that he doesn't deserve this. But at the end of this, God begins, thank you, Lord, God begins to reveal himself to Job in a way that Job had not realized. Can I share that with you? The Bible says, and we're, we're, just hold your place in chapter 1, Job chapter 38 we're getting close to the end of this lesson that God gives Job. He says, Job, where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. What are we talking about tonight? Understanding and knowledge of God. He says, where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth, Job? You, you, you're, you're declaring and you're justifying that you're so righteous. Who hath laid the measures? In other words, who has measured thereof? If thou knowest, or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? How is it that God holds the world in the palm of his hand? How is it that he told the, the seed that it could only come so far? How is it, amen, that we're just so perfectly, strategically placed within this universe that, we, that this earth will sustain life? How is it that all these things be? If you know, Job, tell me. Where was you when I'd done all these things? All things were made by him and for him. Who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud the garment thereof and the thick darkness of swaddling a band for it. Listen, I could go on and read and read, but you read it for yourself. God is, is giving Job a lesson and an understanding of who he is, his righteousness and his glory and his mighty. And he says there in verse 8 of chapter 40, <laughs> chapter 40 is where God begins to humble Job. See, don't let a man think more of himself than he ought to think. We're going to get into that in just a moment. I'm, I'm going to close in a little bit. I, I could preach all night, but I won't. Somebody say amen. 
He says in verse number 6, Then answered the Lord unto Job, Out of the whirlwind. You reckon it was that whirlwind that God began to lead the nation of Israel through the wilderness? He said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. In other words, prepare yourself. I'm going to talk to you like a man. You see, I believe we've gotten away from that today. Manhood is under attack in this nation. You hear me, young men? Manhood is under attack in this nation. We don't know what it means to be a godly man. We're encouraged to let our feminine side show forth. God said, I'm going to talk to you like a man. Get ready for this. He said, will you also disannul my judgment? God's preaching this. I didn't, I didn't even plan to read this. He's saying, Job, are you going to rebuke my judgment? Are you going to make null and void my judgments? Who are you, Job? I wonder if that's what he's saying to most of the church here today. Who are you? Are you going to disannul and make void and null my judgments? Are you getting it? He says, will you condemn me that you may be righteous? You're trying to declare what's righteous, and God is saying, you're going to condemn me so that you may be righteous? I'm not a man that I should lie. Can I get an amen? I know this is more than a study than a sermon, but, I, but I'm telling you what, this is the Word of God. And this is what we're seeing today in, in, in the age in which we live. We need to get back to the foundation of the gospel. We need to get to the, back to the cross, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We need to get back, amen, to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We need to get back, amen, to understanding that the Lord, the King, is coming, and He's coming with 10,000 of His saints to declare judgment upon this world. Amen. We need to get back to the old past. I could quit right there. But listen to this. All things are created by Him and for Him. Satan's day will come to an end when God's done with him. You hear me? The Bible says that it was so in chapter 1, verse 5. In, well, let me back up and read verse 4. Job chapter 1, verse 4. His sons went and fasted, I'm sorry, feasted in their houses. Every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. They would go and feast and live it up, if you will. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them. He did what? He sanctified them, consecrated them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. It's interesting here. Now listen to what he says. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job, Job continually. Now I'm not saying that what Job did in and of itself was wrong. We need to pray for one another. Amen? But could it be that Job got to the place, instead of, instead of correcting his children that he began to, after they would go and feast and drink and live it up each week, instead of dealing with the root of the problem, the heart of the problem, he was just offering a sacrifice and trying to cover it with an atonement. Could it be, the curse causeless shall not come. The Bible says that God does not rejoice in the destruction of the wicked. He does not take pleasure in the destruction of the unrighteous. A curse causeless does not come. But I want to challenge you tonight, and I want you to realize, amen, that we open up the door and we give, this, we give Satan an opportunity to enter in and to kill, steal, and to destroy in our life. We give him the authority to come in and to clean house. And yet, instead of turning to God in repentance, we're trying to declare and decree 
that which we have not authority to declare and decree. I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some hate mail, I'm sure. The Bible says in verse number 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, the adversary, that's what this name Satan means in the Hebrew, the adversary. Amen. And, and Peter began to say, You're, You've got an adversary as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Satan just doesn't have free reign. Amen. But your sins have separated between you and God. You will reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. And Satan is there chomping at the bit. I said this the other night in Genesis 4-7. God told Cain, he said to be careful, uh, to be aware that, that, that sin lies at the door and his desire is to have you. He's waiting for you to open the door. And when you do, he's coming. When you do, he's coming. And this nation has kicked the door wide open. I hope I'm making sense tonight. I, I hope. This ain't me. This is Scripture. I'm, I'm preaching. The Bible's preaching to you tonight. This nation has kicked the door wide open and, and, and made way for the judgment of God. And we're trying to stand and declare and decree that these things... Do not come. And the only way that you're going to get God to repent of His decision is for you to repent of your decisions and the decisions of your forefathers, amen, and the decisions of this nation is that we've got to get back on our knees and begin to repent before God. That's the only way. That's the only way. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where comest thou? God knew exactly where he was. But I believe this is for you and I. And I'm, I'll read this and I'll be done. I'll get out of the way. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Could that be the adversary that Peter said? He's a roaring lion seeking to devour whoever he may. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Amen. There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. But could God see something? Listen, David stood before God and said, Search me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. Amen. I preached the other night that every fire we go through ain't always to destroy us, but it is to refine us. Amen. Does God have a desire? And does God understand, amen, that he's getting ready to bring Job to a greater understanding of who he is? And at the end of the chapter, I've done read it to you, amen, that Job is more refined than what he was in chapter 1 because he had a greater knowledge and understanding of God. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doeth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him? I sought for a man that he would stand in the gap, that he would make up the hedge, that my judgment would not come. But he said, I found none in Ezekiel 16. So therefore, judgment came. He said, Have you not got a hedge about him, about his house, and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Could it be that God seen that there was something that Job needed to understand, that Job was, well, listen, and in reality here, Job was opening the door here to allow Satan come, to come in, amen, and to bring a little fire that Job may be refined with, by, by the lessons that he learned, amen. God will not leave you nor forsake you even through the fire, amen, but the fire will burn off the dross, and it'll burn the impurities. It'll begin to burn that which does not... Uh, live up to Christ, amen, uh, so that when the fire passes and God, as he told the seas, you can only come so far. He tells Satan in your life, you can only come so far. God is still high and lifted up. He sits on the throne of his glory. He created all things, and all things are created by him and for him here tonight. Uh, so quit trying to rebuke the devil, amen, and give so much credit to Satan and turn and submit yourself therefore unto God, amen, resist the devil that he may flee. That is how you 
fight your battles, amen. It's, all, it's through repentance to the Lord. I could quit right there. I believe I will. Powerful. Powerful. How about, how about the next time we face a fire? We say, first of all, Lord, if I've done anything to bring this upon myself, will you show it me? Search me, O Lord, see if there be any wicked thing in me. That's what David said in his psalm. But we can't, get to, we can't even get to our knees to repent for the sins. But we need to get to the place where we look at God and say, Look, show me. If I've brought this fire to myself, if I've opened the door, show me that I may repent of it, that I may own up to it, repent, and, and, and submit myself to you. And another thing I want to challenge you here tonight is the next time that you find yourself in the fire. Not only understand that God, He says, I will not forsake you, nor will I leave you. So ask yourself, is it something that I've done? And thirdly, what is it that you're trying to burn off? What's the dross in my life? Because I know that you've got a purpose for everything that I'm going through. And regardless, when I come through this fire, when we come through this fire, when you bring me through this flame, I know I'm going to be more pure, I'm going to be more right than I was before. You see, God is love. I preached the other night that His love and His mercies can also be found in the flames. But he that is often reproved, in other words, corrected, if he stiffens his neck, in other words, he continues to rebel, that man shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. That's the word tonight. Scott, would you come? Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Father, I did not intend or desire to preach this in malice or in bitterness, but I intend to preach the truth in love. And Father, we thank you, dear God, for your word being brought forth here tonight that your word is light and that it would bring conviction, cause us to see our own lives, and that we may look around this nation and see where we have gotten. But most importantly, we would see what must needs to be done, that we need. You've given us a way out. You are loving. You are gracious. You have given us a way out. And your word says that if we would confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So, Father, give us the light to be able to see that. That is our way out. Father, we thank you tonight in Jesus' name.